Hey guys, it's Steven from Rule of Thirds. Uh, this is an episode that we recorded back in July. Uh, life kind of gets in the way sometimes, and so we're just now releasing it to you, but wanted to bring that up to you in case uh, you know there's any references to things that are highly antiquated by this point or answers to which have already been addressed. So just wanted to make you guys aware. We also had some uh, problems with the audio on this one, uh, so I'll be chiming in again at the end to kind of uh, give you guys the outro and whatnot. So uh, thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. Now me and the mad scientist got to rip apart the block and replace the piston rings you fried. Ask any racer, any real racer. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Welcome back to Rule of Thirds, an Russian culture podcast with a film crit emphasis that records whenever we darn well feel like it. Join us online at thirdsrule.wordpress.com. Or on all the social medias at Thirds Rule. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, living life a quarter mile at a time. And joining me, as always, still Busta, Mr. Samuel Dumas. What's up? And the man who embodies the notion of 20% angel, 80% devil, Mr. Caleb Dunkerson. Uh, what? Really? <laughs> Are you sure about that? Nope. Not sure of anything. What's the haps, gents? Where is the angel coming from there? <laughs> I needed, I'm an evil man. I needed a line from one of the movies to tie into you, and that's the one I landed on. So. Yeah. Love it. Love I, it. I would have said I'm the man who embodies the the, the phrase, give me the veggies. <laughs> but I do love me some veggies. I mean, who doesn't? Carnival. But not as much as I love my dessert first. There you go. <laughs> oh, so... um. So I apologize for the delay. This one's on me. I had a play all last month, so uh, it's a little bit on all of us. I'm uh, I had no, I had nothing going on. I'm not taking any responsibility here. <laughs> Caleb has yet to take responsibility for anything, and we would expect nothing less. So. It's it is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got to have one. Uh, tonight we're going to veer off course of our traditional format to take on one of the most popular and lucrative franchises film franchises, excuse me, in recent history. Uh, number six of all time, actually, according to uh, Mental Flosses of April of this year, the Fast and the Furious franchise. But first, I scream, you scream, we all scream for beverages? Gentlemen, what are we drinking tonight? Well, I'm drinking a, a, a Feldschlochbrücken. Gesundheit. Nice. <laughs> Is what I would be saying if we were recording last night, but I drank all of this last night, so I'm actually drinking a Bodysons Pub Ale. Why okay. did you drink that last? <laughs> Why did you drink it? Got to record last. I night? had poured this. I had poured this. It was like here, ready to go, and then oh, Caleb's like, oh, "Sorry about guys. that." By hey, the way, I was out. <clears throat> I was in a place that was like miles and miles from cell service. So you were in Arkansas? No, I mean I was in a particular. <laughs> I was in. I was in. <laughs> I was in non <laughs> the city of Little Rock, Arkansas. So <laughs> that that explain that should explain to anybody who 
No, we, we, we have decent cell servers here, but there are places, man. There are places. I tell you what, <laughs> you will not ever communicate to anyone. You'll go there, no one will ever find you. <laughs> so, how do you call in to get extra equipment credit for customers? Oh, you connect to their HughesNet Wi-Fi, <laughs> and you and you send you send text messages to Workforce. Love it. It's rough. It's rough out there. <laughs> Love it. Uh, speaking of which, Caleb, what are you drinking? Uh, well, I have got myself a traditional Belgian Trappist monk wheat beer from America called Blue Moon. <laughs> Double, oh, triple, quadruple. Why not quintuple? It could be anything, or it could be it could be a Belgian white. I don't know. Or it could be a anything, knockoff. but it's, it's not even. Moon, so it's not even really about. I mean, it, mm. <laughs> tells how you really, really feel. <laughs> I hate Blue Moon. This is in my house because someone else bought it. That's really the only reason Blue Moon should be in your house. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if you like Blue Moon, that's fine. Good for you. I don't particularly care. If I had been a little before. bit more prepared, which there was no reason for me not to be, by the way. Uh, we've established um, that you do nothing. But if I had been a little more prepared, I might have gone for a Who Garden. That probably would have been the appropriate thing to do. That would have been far better. <sighs> or I could have gone with a St. Bernardus Abbott 12. but Which would have been perfect. <sighs> Not oh, a no, beer, I'm not a wheat beer, though. So it's very I'm confusing. <laughs> Honestly, I we we were talking about this a little bit off mic, but I don't think the uh, the writers of Furious Seven really know much about beer if it's not a Corona. So, but the question is, does Kurt Russell know about beer? Uh, you know, I, I would almost suspect maybe not. If he didn't catch that, and uh, well, I wonder if like that was an argument. Maybe he had like an <laughs> argument behind the scenes. Guys, this doesn't make any sense. This this, I, this is this is bullshit, and they're like, Kurt Russell, you go out there and you say what's on the paper. Let's be honest, though. If Kurt right. Russell's if Kurt Russell's making that kind of an argument, you're going to concede your point. Are you implying? Know. Are you implying There's these movies snake are put, put, Are you implying these movies are put on paper? <laughs> ah. Well, okay. <laughs> are you trying to tell me that Vin Diesel can read? Ooh. Okay. Well, that was mean. Fine. He's actually that, really cool, and he's into Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. He can read. He's into nerdy things that we like. Ergo, he's okay. Do we like Dungeons and Dragons? I've never even. I've, I've never. never even. I've role played once in my life, and it was the Star Wars RPG. <clears throat> well, that's Star not Wars even Dungeons. Dungeons and Dragons. Right. That's oh, what I'm saying. I but everything that. thing is everything is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but so, what is Steven drinking? Uh, well, I was going to get something themed around uh, the, the film. I, I do try to do that when I can. But then I realized uh, I was going to get either a NOS energy drink or a Corona. Then I realized that I hate energy drinks and uh, I also hate Corona. So um, for my birthday, my parents got a, me a bottle of Woodford Reserve bourbon uh -huh. from uh, from Kentucky. So I am uh, I'm sipping on that right now. And Dude, I got to tell you. Hey, you could have done tequila. Tequila would have been an option. I do. I don't keep tequila on hand. Did they, go to, the, okay. did they go to the Woodford uh, Distillery? Mm-hmm. Right. Did they tell you it's the best place on earth? They did not, but I want to go there. I want to actually do the whole bourbon trail one day. Dude, I would just take it a whole day for the Woodford. We did that. We want. We were going to try to do like some of the bourbon trail. We got to Woodford and just stayed there for like six hours straight. 
It's so beautiful. It's Good wonderful. And the same with the Jephthah. Mm -hmm. Jephthah Distillery. That's a, that's a new player. They don't cry for bourbon out yet, but they're pretty cool. Okay, just you guys, you guys check out Four Roses. Not yet. Because I kind of like Four Roses. Yeah, we kind of do this every year. We just go to one right. for our anniversary. Nice. Nothing says I love you like bourbon. Well, actually, we get rye whiskey when we can, and we got oh. bottles with our which each anniversary we get we grab a bottle of rye oh, whiskey. Nice. Uh, rye do you whiskey. actually drink those bottles, or do you leave them? No, uh, we drink them. Okay. <laughs> they barely make it home. <laughs> <laughs> My man. So. So, rev your engines and fire up the Nas because tonight we plumb the shallow depths of everyone's favorite street racing turned action spy film franchise as we get into the Fast <laughs> and Furious movies. Uh, join us as we look into the life and crimes of Dom, Brian, Letty, and the whole family and dig into what makes this franchise so overwhelmingly popular and lucrative. Uh, rather than recount the specifics of all eight films of the franchise, because we would be here all night, we're going to delve into the themes, characters, and cars. Contained within it. Uh, so uh, let's start off with one of the most important questions. Uh, second only to, gentlemen, what are we drinking? Um, why are we covering this franchise on the Rule of Thirds podcast? Um just out of because I, I did not choose this topic. Like, why? Why are we doing this? I, I'm really legitimately curious. Because, um, um, uh, we wanted Stephen to enjoy movies that weren't from England. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the reason. <laughs> we wanted Stephen to watch some movies that are just fun. <laughs> I mean, that was all it came down to. I do like the Marvel films, and those are fun. But okay, I, I would equate those to Fast and Furious, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But we wanted you to have more fun. Okay. And and in particular Are you sure this franchise was the right one? <laughs> um, after rewatching it all? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. After rewatching it all, I don't know anymore. You don't? <laughs> mm. We'll we'll talk to it. We'll what, talk about what it. But don't you know? <laughs> this film this franchise went from good to to great to 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 best. So you went from good to awful to good to no, really no, I'm awful. Skipping a lot to of really steps. good to pretty Sam, good, then to Sam. kind of backtrack, and then to the best. Sam, I skipped. I deliberately skipped like all the all the uh, ups and downs. I just wanted to catch the broad stroke We're gonna of the entire these. franchise. It was like it was like playing the stock market, man. It was like ups and downs and ups and downs. And man, if that was, was if you if you had invested if you invested and then and then sold at the right times, man, you'd have made a killing. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I have no history with this franchise. I, um, uh, I, my only, before we started this podcast, my only history with this franchise is I made fun of my old roommate who used to love this franchise. He actually had a Too Fast, Too Furious poster hanging up in his garage. Oh, well, I would have made fun of him too. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, um, but I, I have no history with this before now, so, uh, I'm, I'm relying entirely on you guys because my personal history with this franchise is begins and ends with this podcast. So, what what are you guys' personal histories with this uh, Fast and Furious franchise? Well, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I have never seen these before. No, I'm just I'm, <laughs> no, um, I watched them. 
I watched. I started watching Fast and the Furious. Okay, when I was a little kid, Fast and the Furious came out. Uh, the Fast and the Furious. This is important. This is the year I graduated. <laughs> came out. <laughs> came out, and uh, I was like, okay, uh, that's a movie I saw commercials for. And then I go to the movie theater and I would see, I don't know, well, Spider Man probably. I don't know. And I would see posters for Fast and the Furious, and I was like, hmm, those are movies. And that's all about, about all I thought about it is they they had car there were cars on the poster, so it was pretty cool. Right, and then I would see Too Fast, Too Furious a couple of years later. Posters at the movies whenever I would go see, I don't know, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, that was pretty much the extent of my experience with them until the fourth one came out and I was actually working at the movie theater at the time. And uh, I, I was like working at the movie theater, ushing, seeing the end credits of this movie over and over, hearing the stupid music that they play in it and then seeing like little scenes right and like this seems like high octane fun right so what did i do as a movie theater employee i certainly did not see the movie i hadn't seen any of the other ones don't be ridiculous so right, you're uh, not gonna have any context for what's happening so what i did instead is that i just i, I went home and over the course of like two days watched all of the you know one two and three and then uh Oh well, well, actually, uh, this was sometime later, some in, some undetermined amount of time later, uh, after having been like, oh, Fast and Furious, the fourth one, not the Fast and the Furious. Uh, that looks cool. This franchise went has ahead. the most ridiculous and confusing naming. Mm -hmm. like I so I went ahead. So I went ahead at some um, random, uh, unknowable, unknowable, completely un unfathomable inconceivable amount of time later probably like a year i watched all four movies over the course of like two days and i was like hey that was fun i liked that i want to watch the new one fast five and then uh me and sam and 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 a group of people went to see fast five at the theater as well and so it was you've been great, a fan pretty much ever since it was the single fast five was the single greatest experience of my entire life up to that point <laughs> and so at that point I was going to say you might like, be overselling that sir well at that point at that point single greatest <laughs> experience in my life and at that and so I was completely sold on the franchise as a whole and was, and was a big fan big fan okay. fair enough so that's my story Sam lay it on me well all of my friends obsessed with that movie and so did their dads and my dad <laughs> <laughs> my dad's okay he likes cars people like stuff I only ever saw Tokyo Drift, and then I saw the fifth one with Caleb. And I kind of like just having seen the fifth or the third one before the fifth one. Did that adequately prepare you for what you saw on the big screen? Oh, there's like a ten year difference between seeing the third and the fifth one. Oh, okay. So, so I even yes. really remember. No, I had no expectations. I went in and enjoyed myself. Dwayne Johnson, I like him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the nice thing is, you can pretty much jump in at any time. And be okay for the most part. There is a lot of of baggage plot-wise across the movies, especially particularly once you get past three, because then you've got the whole con yeah. of it all. The, yeah, there there is an overarching. But but I will say though that pretty much like six and seven are pretty much 
intertwined with each other, the events of which are important <clears throat> to like really understand what's happening there. Mm-hmm. But all the other ones can pretty much be taken on their own. Really, the biggest problem, like seven, you would be a little lost if you just jumped right in there and had never seen any of the other, or spe- specifically six. Sure. If you hadn't seen six. Seven would be the only one that I'd say has enough baggage from the previous one that it would be a problem. But otherwise, you can pretty much jump in anywhere you want. In seven, you also have the added baggage of Paul Walker and what unfortunately happened to him. Well, that's real life. That's real life baggage you have to deal with. I mean, you can't (laughs) even get that from the movies. (laughs) I'm just just saying that is additional baggage associated with that film. Sure, sure. Which, I mean, I remember everyone talking about it at the time. Didn't see the movie. Um, Mm. Only did it for this podcast. But, um, like, I understand kind of how that would get, how that would become part of the overall baggage for Seven. Right. All right, so now I want to know um, what is, okay, and again, this partially is me just legitimately, like, wanting to know, but what is the great draw of this franchise? Why is it so lucrative? Why is it so beloved? You guys both obviously really enjoy it. Uh, I have why? no fucking idea. Yeah, same here. I, I'm totally baffled by why it is so lucrative and why it has such a draw. I, I really don't understand. Because it seems kind of like a niche kind Very of much. film, like especially early on. Yes. But like at this point, what it has become, I, can, I, I get it. I get why these new Fast and Furious movies are successful because they have all the elements of the big you know explosive huge set pieces and and the uh and the well-known likable cast who bounce off of each other with their little with their you know quips and what it's all that quippy joss whedon-y bullshit that has taken over all writing mm-hmm. and in that sense the definitely the modern ones I, I totally understand why they are popular but i don't know how the franchise got here I really, I'm baffled by it. To be honest. I have some thoughts. We'll get into them as we go. See, I think that the earlier ones appeal to poor people who are easily appealed to. I grew up poor. I know. I speak this from experience. People are drawn to the family values of the movies. And that, okay. I'm not joking. They're like, they're heavy, it. like, yeah, heavy on family and blood, not blood, but like, your brothers and stuff like light, that. Light on light yeah. on the law, heavy on the family. Exactly. Poor people die for that thing. Yeah. Shit. I get and, that. And even even lighter on the law, heavier on the family as it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really leans into that quality. Oh my word, so much. So 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 much. Um <clears throat> I and honestly I think a big for me at least, or at least what I noticed, big part of it is there is an effortlessness with regard to the diversity in the film. It is so effortlessly diverse that everyone can see themselves represented regardless of their um, gender, their race, their ethnicity. Um, It's a lot, it's mostly up there. I mean, in terms of there aren't a lot of gay people in the Fast and Furious franchise. But beyond that, I mean, pretty much everyone's got some kind of representation up there. Which yeah, is- you know what? I hadn't even hadn't really thought about it like that, and I think that's a mark of of <clears throat> the quality of how that just so happens to be such a strong like 
feature of the films that I don't it, that I didn't notice it because none of it seems forced. Like all of the all of the di- diversity seems completely natural to the the actual story and franchise. One hundred percent agree. Like I, I don't feel like anything is ever shoehorned into these to make any kind of statement. It just it, it just it is a perfect story to have this diverse cast in. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. It's, it's not forced it, at all. Like it doesn't feel like Star Trek. Like Star Trek feels very forced. Like everyone has one representative. Well, but this I, is feels so much more seamless. I think that's part of the that's supposed to be part of the point of of Star Trek. Is it, it not is. to to be about being diverse? You know, right. it, but it that's, is. Uh, diversity is a major like thematic like foundation for the point of star trek entirely i'm not saying it's a bad thing and i'm not saying it wasn't the point i'm just saying it's very forced where no, no. it feels much more organic no no I, I i see what you're saying i'm not disagreeing with you what i'm saying is that i feel like that because it is like supposed to be a major theme of it that may be what works against star trek in that respect that because it's supposed okay. to be a major theme then it feels more forced whereas I doubt that was a major consideration in the development of these films, especially across the franchise as the cast and the diversity increased. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt that that was a major thought, politically motivated thought, uh, you know, compared to just it making sense that this sure. would be a diverse yeah. cast of characters. Staying on this topic, one thing I did notice that I absolutely love is that people speak their languages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's no not everyone just doesn't speak English. Everyone speaks their respectful language, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. their respective language. Yeah, some like they know how to speak English too. But there's the, the movies are not afraid to shy away. Like they're not afraid to use subtitles. Yeah, and and they're they're international movies too. Like they mm-hmm. embrace the international appeal, with the exception of I think one in four. Every one of these movies has a different setting in a different country, mm-hmm. uh, which is huge because one in four both take place in Los Angeles. But other than that. These movies go everywhere. They go to the Dominican. They go to um, Cuba, Brazil. Tokyo, Brazil, uh, London, uh, which is in England, which is the name of that country. So I mean, <laughs> they go they go all over the place. So it's it's also a global franchise that that seems very intentional um, and and maybe less organic, but also it doesn't it also doesn't feel forced, even though it is significantly more intentional well, than the you know the cast. you know you think about. The fact that a, a lot of like a lot of the places they go is because they have to do a job there, right? Right. So that's a, like a reasonable justification to put them just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the other places they go, especially the South American countries, they go that they are in most of the time. Mm-hmm. They are there because they are running from the law, and it's a logical place to hide them there. You know, at the start of a story or whatever. So there's like reasonable explanations for why they are anywhere at any time and none of it really feels like it's forced for for like political move or for like political purposes which i think is what makes in a lot of in a lot of films and and just media in general uh cheapens the diversity by that like the fact that that is a focus mm-hmm. like and it was like the all, intention like how all these hollywood movies are now like trying to include china and everything well, that's that's yeah. money. Uh, that's money. That's motivated by money and money only. <laughs> right. But there's a lack. You're right, Caleb. Okay, there is a lack of tokenism here, which is right. what when when people tend to stress diversity, it tends to reek of tokenism. Whereas this franchise mm-hmm. doesn't at all. 
Which in is that funny. respect, this may be the most progressive film series. And I've heard that said before. in modern like, time. Yeah, I've, I've heard that said um, by many people. Um, but it's funny because like representation. these movies are heavily focused around, especially the third one, a focus around white protagonist with his backup token black guy and ethnically, ethnically diverse girlfriend. Early in, this, early in the franchise, I agree. That does tend to be a, uh, a plot point. I think it gets away from that. Uh, honestly, after the after the third one, after mm-hmm. the third movie, that becomes less of a plot point. Um, right. the, the white savior motif, which well, as the, honest, does not look good on anything these days. No. As the cast as the cast expands, the line kind of blurs between who is really like who I mean, is by, more important than who. Because by know? the end of the franchise, we don't even care about Vin Diesel anymore. We're all about that Jason Statham and. Right. Character. <laughs> you've got so like you it's developed such a great like the cast of characters are so great and they're so like in their own right each individually such like like we want it we love seeing them on screen so much that at this point it's, it's hard to say like that there is really a main character it is about the the crew the family the you know it's yeah it's it really is they've they've really in their own franchise created a, 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 an ensemble cast that we that I want to keep seeing come together for more of these movies. Absolutely. It's great. For sure. Uh, all right, so here's another question. I legit, Before we start getting into some of the things we loved about this franchise, one more legitimate question for you. Um, do you guys feel like this franchise has nuked the fridge at all? Um, and just to clarify for either you or our listeners at home who may not know what mm-hmm. Nuke to the Fridge means, uh, it's a reference to Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the scene where he crawls inside the fridge and survives a nuclear bomb because it happens to be lead Steven, lines. everyone knows this. Okay. Every I, person, literally. Sam, Sam didn't, but okay. Well, that's because Sam is extremely out of touch with the okay. film <laughs> with the film say, community. Who's to say someone listening is also not out of touch? I'm just trying to... <laughs> One of our one of we're our podcasts. Right, we're a podcast for the working man. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> right. Okay. For, whatever. For what Sam would call the poor folk. Um, <laughs> I was one of them. <laughs> Sam's like I was one of you. Um, sometimes I feel like I still am. Um, <laughs> right. But, but I have a microphone, so maybe I'm not. Um, right. A microphone in a house and two dogs, so maybe not. Um, but um, basically, it means uh, has this franchise reached a point? at which it a point so ridiculous that everything after it um feels like it is veered too far away from either what the franchise originally was or what it is that makes the franchise itself great uh so has it nuked the fridge if so when do you think it might have uh if not why why do you think it is and and at this point is it going to okay i'm gonna say that no it hasn't yet Okay, it's come close. It's it's had some real close brushes with this concept of nuking the fridge, but it hasn't it hasn't done it yet, and I think that it's it's it has narrowly avoided it enough times and in enough ways that I don't know that it's going to happen. I think that the nuking of the fridge would be them going to space. I think if they end up in space, that's going to be. That might be a, that might be a problem. I'm not even sure. one. I'm not even one hundred percent. 
I'm not even 100% sure that it's going to be a problem. I just think that that's probably where there's going to be a problem. <laughs> there, are, there are two sequences that stand out in this franchise that make me feel like it nuked the fridge, but they happen in like mid-franchise and the rest of the movie is perfectly fine. And that's okay, one, what, what the, the scene, the scene at the end of the fourth one where they're racing through the uh, caves. And it's yeah, and okay. I thought that was so terrible. And then the thing that really I hated, like the, the dumbest thing I think in the entire franchise is when they parachute the cars out of the airplane. That was pretty ridiculous. That scene right there was like killed it for me so bad. But well, then the rest okay. of the movie in, was in fun. what way though? In what way? Because parachuting vehicles out of airplanes is a thing that literally happens in real life. Now, if your problem is that they all ended up on the same road at the same time. I've got you. I, I feel you there. But I am able to suspend my disbelief for the sake of the, you know, conceit of this, of this, you know, high-flying, ridiculous adventure. But if your problem is just with the idea of parachuting cars, well, I mean, I've got some Humvees who would like to have a word with you <laughs> about that. I mean, <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a thing. That was vaguely threatening. <laughs> Yeah, um, just vaguely though. <laughs> yeah, vaguely. Not enough no, I mean, to be, it uh, you know. It didn't kill it. It, it, it didn't Indiana Jones it for me. It didn't take it down. It was just it hit that border like, uh. but then it came back because like like literally the next scene, Tony Jaw shows up and it's great. All fun. Yeah, I yeah. think it's. I think that that particular scene is ridiculous, but within the realm of reality, just a, just on the fringe of outside of what's realistically going to happen. But just close enough that it, it treads the line for me, personally. I can like I could not go any further in that direction. <laughs> right. But but we're we're comfortable there though. Um, I'm gonna say I don't think it's nuked the fridge yet. Um, I had and I say that with with one or two reservations. One eight was a noticeable dip in quality from the previous three films, and I almost wonder if maybe Paul Walker's um uh death had it, it, it the shadow of it looms too large over the rest of the franchise um for them to be able to recover time's gonna tell on that one so i can't really say this is definitely something that's going to lead to the nuking of the fridge you know what's um, funny we disagree completely <laughs> really you, you I loved think, eight i think I eight think was eight. great i did I think, eight, like eight. I think eight might have been the best one wow i definitely i really that. liked eight Eight, eight is definitely in the bottom three for me. Dude, Jason uh, Statham. Wow. Come on, Jason Statham. It was, was so. It was such a great. It was such a great like change of pace. To we'll, to... we'll get into it. Well, we're we're gonna rank these things at the end. So it was Scott Eastwood, wasn't it? It's Scott Eastwood. Scott Eastwood's a big part of that because, <laughs> well, we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> there's one other person in the franchise I feel dips just a bit lower than him, but yeah, Scott Eastwood was was. Yeah, I think I know who that person is. I, I know you know who that person is because we talked about it off mic uh, before Caleb connected with us. You bastards. Nah, well. Um, but secondly, and this is something that it, it's become a hallmark and a staple of the franchise that I just could not get behind is the, I guess, um, folk hero status, like the legendary hero status that Dominic Toretto the character of Dominic Toretto just sort of takes on um, the fact that every single one of these movies seems to end with him forcing everyone else away and then like coming inches from death and then walking out of the fiery wreckage completely unscathed. Um, like there's only so many times that can happen and I'm not going, 
this is completely ridiculous. And it just happened one or two too many times. Like he went, he never loses, never loses. When he does lose, the other guy is cheating and he survives literally everything. Like but that's just, just dumb though. But see, I, my, I can't, I can't, my brain can, will not let me do that. I'm like, this, can you imagine the emotional weight that would hang over the franchise and that would compel the other characters if something were to happen to that character beyond, you know, the completely low stakes? Oh no, he turned against the family in number eight, which Steven, is I don't, unbelievable. I don't think that, up to that point has led us to believe the other thing. Steven, I don't think that this film series is trying to to really, you know, have emotional uh, uh, resonance and, and, and things of that nature. I think but it's how, trying to but be... how cool would it be if it did? Well, people don't like emotion, Steven. I don't know. I mean, I feel I'm like that person. people... Yeah, but you're... <laughs> I feel like no, people get, get everything they need <laughs> to get out of this from the hokey family, you know, <laughs> family is everything kind of stuff, and it really makes them feel good about family but see that <laughs> that's very one note it's very surface level it's very shallow and i don't that doesn't do it for me and if, i mean i i came to a point i think it was in the eighth movie when he walks away from yet another fiery wreckage mm. and i'm just like this is this this the stakes of this franchise have been completely removed because dominic toretto will never lose he will always win he will never truly be in danger ever i will never believe he's in danger because this franchise will not let anything happen to him. Yeah, but but what yeah. about Han though? Is they, Han in danger? They said the same thing about Paul Walker. <laughs> no. Okay, first of all, uh, Brian. Brian is living happily with his wife and children. Um, and will and will never what? talk to him again. Exactly. <laughs> he's been he's been excommunicated from the family. No, we we can't we can't go back to Brian because he's he's retired now and he's the only person who's ever retired that we're actually going to respect. Right. Uh, everyone else will pull back in, but not him. But no, but see that's just it. Like all the I think everyone else in that franchise could possibly bite it at any moment, but nothing will ever 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 happen to Dom Toretto and that is my problem. Yeah, but who says that anyone cares about Dominic Toretto? He's the he's the lead of these of these of this entire series of movies. Someone Arguably, <laughs> I would argue that Paul Walker is the lead of most of the movies. I would say Paul Walker was lead of most of the movies, except for the one where he should have been, but he wasn't in it. Three, <laughs> right? No, no, I I, I got you. <laughs> I got you. No, I'm 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 I tracked with you on that because that's literally the only one other than eight that he's not in. Yeah, in eight because. But anyways, passed away. R.I.P. But yeah, I, I feel like Paul Walker was the main character of all of them. Yeah, I feel like that Dominic has always been. Uh, I think there's a just, shift. In you know, four. he's just like a. He's like a. Uh, he's like a, a cool guy. You know, so something to be like to look at. He's a guy to be that you look at and you're like, oh man, that's a what a cool guy. Uh, but he's not really a character, though. That's that's what Paul Walker is. <laughs> Bri Brian's okay, Brian's my main character. Uh, uh, Dominic is just like a hero to Brian. You know? Let's be honest. None of these guys are really characters. They're all more or less caricatures. Uh, let's let's just get that out no, of the way right now. No, they're deep. They're deep. <laughs> the writing 
runs deep in this franchise. You and I clearly have very diff different definitions of look. But. <laughs> here, here's the thing, man. They did a. I mean, did you did you see did you see that send off they did for Paul Walker? It was so awkward, man. It was so awkward. They just <laughs> they didn't. I, like, there was no in universe, no setting you like setting you up and preparing you for the send off you got. That's a and very I feel like kind that, of taking you out of the movie. Because I'll be honest, if you're watching that and you don't know that Paul Walker died during the right. of that movie, that ending makes no sense. It's a great None. send off. It's a great send off for Paul Walker. Great send off for Paul Walker. Makes no fucking sense as a send off for Brian. <laughs> I honestly half expected Vin Diesel to break out in song. <laughs> I mean, you know what? It it would have. It probably would have been right. great. <laughs> I'm like waiting for him to like to like like to sing like a ballad. A mournful Here's the ballad. Thing. I've always suspected that deep down Vin Diesel is a song and dance. That just tracks in my mind. I don't know why. Maybe no, he's not. I, I, I know, no, I agree with you because I think he is too. Yeah, I mean, The Rock is. Why? Why not Vin Diesel as well? Yeah, I always get that vibe from Vin Diesel. Channing Tatum is. Why not? Why not Vin Diesel? I wouldn't put Channing Tatum really in the same. You know, you know who would have been better as Little Nobody in in uh, the Fate of the Furious? Channing Tatum. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah, man, he would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, Channing Tatum's great. Oh, Channing Tatum. Tatum is great. Let's just agree that Channing Tatum is great. He is great. He is great. Yeah. Um, so, do you guys think that this franchise has reached a low point? Um, like, what, and if so, what is that low point, and how did they recover from it? Uh, the fourth one is absolutely its low point. I'm inclined to agree with you. Is there any particular moment in the fourth one? Because the fourth uh, one does have one of my favorite moments in the entire franchise, but the rest of it is crap. The whole thing, like it was weird because okay, and this comes back to why I love the third one. So let's talk about the special effects. It kind of the fourth me the low point is because of the effects. Okay. So the first and the second one were not what I was expecting. They have really weird computer like warp speed effects for the racing. So I was <laughs> yeah, really yeah. thrown off by that. I love, I love the third one because the third one though it's like like it's like a knockoff Fast and Furious had like practical like car chases. <clears throat> Drifting was effing cool. They I'm going cool to say it right here, right now, visually, the third film is the best of the franchise. Right, visually, it had some of the coolest. Yeah. It had some of the cool. It had, like, the sixth one has my favorite, like, action sequence. But all around, the third one had way better action sequences. But then the fourth one came around, which was, like, twice the budget, and it had such bad computer-animated car chases. Like, I don't think anyone actually drove a car in that entire movie. Especially with the cave chase sequence. It was so bad. It did not look cool. And it was, it was all computer-animated. I didn't understand it. It threw me off. I was like, okay, at this point we have money. We can start like doing all this stuff for real. Why are we doing this? And it's the same director from the third one. Why wouldn't he try to do that as practically as possible? And in the right. other ones, like five on, it seems like he goes back and embraces that a bit more. Right. Um, I think six, it kind of dipped more into CG stuff again. But then after that. As, yeah, six, seven, and eight, honestly. Because they're the, the major action set pieces of those films are very reliant on CGI. Yeah, but I mean, that's like the fourth one was so bad. It didn't make sense. It was like just out of style. It seemed off kilter. Yeah, I, I liked the fourth one for the fact that we got to see Brian be an actual cop. For once uh, in this franchise. That was so, kinda, that, how, I, I, 
How did he get to that point? Well, you know, don't worry about that, Sam. That's a silly question to ask. This is fast I saw, and furious. I just <laughs> saw the first again, two Sam, movies. You're trying to apply logic to a franchise that does not embrace it. Well, you know, I just... But come on, I mean, I saw the first two movies. Like, serious, no one would hire him as a cop. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, you said your favorite action sequence or favorite scene was in the fourth one? What was uh, that? My... Uh, well, we'll get to that when we get to that question, but we're not quite there. Okay. Yet. Got okay. We've got another Sorry. question in front of it. Jumping ahead. Uh, so, yeah, you are. So for me, the fourth one was the low point of the franchise. And I, I mean, in terms of if I'm ranking all eight, um, outside of say the shorts that accompanied uh, Fast Two and Fast or and uh, or Two Fast Two Furious and Fast and Furious, the fourth film, because um, those are bad, both of them. Just I didn't see them. I watched I watched everything associated with this franchise because I wanted to be complete. Oh okay. god, so I, the Too Fast, I, Too Furious short film. Ooh, that's it's bad. bad. It's so bad. Oh, it's geez. the only thing on Letterboxd that I've ranked half a star. I didn't oh, even geez. get a full star. Oh, damn. it's that bad. It's bad. Damn. Um, and and Los Bandoleros is not much better. That's the one that never saw it and directed. Yeah, it's on YouTube. See it. You can watch it. Okay. Uh, maybe or not YouTube. Maybe Daily Motion. Maybe, but yeah, oh, that seems I mean, like a place it. it would be for sure. <laughs> yeah, you can watch it. It's it's not good, but you can watch it. And it's got, I mean, it's got Han, it's got uh, Leo, it's got Santos, it's got Letty. I mean, it's got almost everybody in it, but uh, yeah, it's not good. Um, but yeah, I would say four is probably the worst full-length feature of the franchise for sure. Um, I, I'm not even gonna. I mean, it was bad. It just did. <laughs> However, and I am gonna say this. Despite being the worst film in the franchise, I also consider four to be the most important film in the franchise. Is it because it bridged the gap between car racing and crime adventures? Exactly. Mm -hmm. It is. It's it's the pivot point for the entire series. I think that film in there, you don't you five doesn't make sense. Right. Right. I think that's what I liked about four as well. And I don't care about the cars racing all that stuff in fours. It's not good. But it really I, did, it really did serve as that as that bridge to where, to get it from being about racing cars and 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 stuff, street racing cars to being spy films. Yeah, and you know had what? It, had it remained a street <laughs> racing franchise, I would probably not have remained interested. And honestly, it probably would not still be a franchise that we're talking about. Right, and that's why that is one of the reasons when we and when me and Sam were talking about having this as a topic that's one of the things we were talking about is that it's just like so like unfathomably ridiculous that this film franchise became like went to went, started where it did and ended up becoming what it is that that's just that's worth talking about <laughs> it, it went from being one blatant thing. point break ripoff with cars instead of surfboards mm -hmm. and became like something on par with like a team james bond yeah is it a globe a globe trotting you know ghost uh, uh not uh a freaking mission impossible yeah and it doesn't it, it it's, doesn't it's make mission impossible effect. with with just with cars though cars are the yeah. solution to all problems it's like mission right. impossible but instead of like nifty gadgets that make like face molds that they put on and change their voices and do spy stuff they just use cars there's like, a line oh, in five we need <laughs> there's a line in five where i'm just like this franchise has reached critical mass 
mm-hmm. and it's either gonna it, i mean it's it's this is the point of no return where the rock is like shouting orders at everybody and he says and never under any circumstances let them get behind a wheel of a car as though that is just the point at which oh, they that's are the invincible <laughs> right, right. It but it is Right, and that's what I'm saying. That's the point of no return because they address it and they recognize it. It's like them saying, yes, we know this is ridiculous, but just go with it. Need to break into a high-rise skyscraper? I've got a car for that. Yes, exactly. Oh, we need to chase down this this, uh, tank with a a government agent uh, that's kidnapped on it? We've got some cars for that. Yeah. And they always turn to the car guy slash hacker, and he's like, I may have an idea for that. (laughs) <laughs> cars doing things that cars should not do. You're breaking into a submarine base? You got some cars for that. I got some cars need, for that. Need to kill a submarine? I've got a car for that. <laughs> Completely absurd. Completely absurd. But you Stop know what? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Car. <laughs> On the longest runway ever conceived by man. Right. Yeah. Well... It's a good right. thing. It's a good thing that runway exists because that's also the slowest altitude achieving plane of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean they probably wasted all their jet fuel just getting from one end of the runway to the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we're out of gas. Got to turn around. Jeez. <laughs> oh. oh, so gentlemen, what is what would you say? Okay, so let's get into some things that we like, some superlatives for this uh, this series. What was your favorite car? In the franchise, I don't know cars, Stephen. That car, and I'm talking one, specifically cars, not vehicles. Well, I was gonna say the tank, but the 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 one with the wheels on, I like that, and it had the cool paint job. I think it was either American or Japanese car. I couldn't quite tell. <laughs> well, <clears throat> a classic, a classic would would of course be Dom's Charger. I, a, that's a great car, but I have to say my favorite car in the entire franchise is the Fast Five uh, Corvette Sting, Silver Corvette Stingray that they drive off of a cliff. Oh, yeah. That car is in there briefly, but it is oh, one yeah. of the coolest cars ever. I love that car. <laughs> I do like that one. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kale on that one. I actually like that a lot. That was a fun, fun scene. Um, and if you guys know me Such at all, cool you'll be able to guess which car in the franchise okay. is mine. Sam I'm could ra- not guess it. I am racking my brain over this. Oh, is it? Oh, the uh, uh, 2004 Volkswagen Turbo with the Hulk on it? Yes, it is. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. It's Bow Wow's Hulk car from Tokyo Drift. Because it's the worst car in the movie franchise. it's the worst <laughs> car in the franchise. It looks like one of my favorite superheroes, Okay. Yeah, but it's the worst car, though, in the entire I franchise. <laughs> I don't care. It looks like one of my favorite superheroes, and I'm not a car guy. So I don't care about what it can do and if it can race. It looks like one of my favorite superheroes. No, so no, it bite. looks like the worst car in the franchise. It looks I don't like care. it can bite me. <laughs> I don't know or care what it can do. I know what it looks like. <laughs> uh, speaking of what it looks like, what is your favorite action set piece or stunt? Of the entire franchise, the sixth movie. I love the tank chase sequence. I thought that was just so yeah, cool. On the I thought bridge. that was just so effing cool, and how they actually like use the car to like anchor it. I thought that was just cool, and it just running over all the other cars and like going down the opposite. That was just cool, and shooting at that was that was cool. What, was it cool though? <laughs> wait, wait, Sam. Just I'm I'm a little confused. You're not being very clear. 
did you think it was cool? It was okay. Okay. Uh, Caleb, do you have a favorite action set piece? I'm going to go with that one, too. I think that's my now, favorite. Hang on. This is people... Because there was an action set piece in a later movie with a person. It wasn't cars or tanks or anything. No, just, I mean, favorite set piece. Period. Because the Jason okay, Statham in an airplane rescuing a baby. Yeah, that okay, that's great. Funny, that was the best thing in the world. That's great, but it, it is great, and probably one of the best moments in the entire franchise. But I would say, in keeping with the spirit of the franchise, as having big, big, explosive car set pieces, I think that six, six, the bridge tank chase scene in its entirety is awesome but i will say it, before i saw six it would have probably been fast fives ridiculous completely impossible in in, in any universe dragging of <laughs> dragging the safe around <laughs> with the, with the, with the two the two dodge chargers no Oh, it's, it's great. No way. No way. <laughs> it's great, though. No way. Oh, it was so agree. stupid. We were sitting in the theater, and we were just like, what the hell? <laughs> Good uh, stuff. My Good favorite stuff. one, and I, I just have a feeling that I'm just going to be you guys. It's just going to be me versus you guys for the rest of this podcast. So uh, my favorite action set piece actually comes from my least favorite film. Uh, I really love the tanker heist at the beginning of four. Like that, for me... <sighs> I love I love that entire in the uh, Dominican set. Where the Dominican Republic? Yeah, where they're stealing the the oil, or the gas looks, off the tank. Where they caught fire and they like rolled, and it was really bad computer animation. And then like every, every, and what every was that? prior to that was was really okay. That so here's the thing: cool. that was pretty cool. I will agree. But what was that tank? What was that tanker? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> They demonstrated in the first movie that they know they have a method, a proven method, of hijacking semi-trucks. What the fuck was the method they chose to use in this movie? In, in, a, in Fast they 4. Crew. They have a different crew. They can't use the same methods with the different crew. The main people who matter were there <laughs> from the old crew, and they could have taught the new crew. All they, needed was, all they needed was some Honda Civics. That's all they needed was a few Honda Civics. Where are you going to get a Honda Civic in the Dominican Port. Republic? Oh, after, I'm sh they can get whatever they want. After the first movie, Dom never drives an import. It's always American Muscle after I know. the first film. I know. And so you can't have Honda Civics if Dom's only driving American Muscle. But Dom, see, that's a, that's an issue I take with the movies. It's like they they, at first, Dom was a guy who wanted the fastest quarter mile. But now Dom is a guy who wants American muscle. And I just don't, I feel like that's a betrayal of Dom's original character. Who wanted the fastest quarter mile? And he didn't, and he was all about the imports or whatever. Well, Dom was just really just a Patrick Swayze ripoff, so. He just wanted the fastest quarter mile. Does he yeah. even care about quarter miles well, anymore? Didn't he no, really? I, I really don't feel like that they talk about quarter miles anymore. No, but here's the thing, though. There's kind of a. Character... I think the last time they mentioned it was at, in Vin Diesel's poem at the end of Furious Seven. There's kind of there's kind of a character shift in the first movie, anyways. That kind of covers that, because he's like scared of the American muscle car. 
because his dad and stuff. Yeah, he's scared and of then, his. I mean, his dad's charger represents. Right. I guess the American muscle. But and then when once when his family starts getting taken down because Paul Walker is a snitch. Paul Walker. Then he kind of overcomes his fear. But what about the quarter miles though? Things change, dude. <laughs> things change. They can't. I mean, DVD players aren't, aren't worth anything anymore. So there's no point in stealing them. Haven't your priorities that's ever true. shifted? <laughs> I guess that. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. They could have. They could have shifted you, to stealing iPods. That would have been the logical <laughs> progression. Still dated. At this point, they could have been. Well, I guess that would. It would this would be dated too. But you know, in like 2013, they could have been stealing iPads. Should have been stealing Zunes in one of the movies. And now well, I don't know what they'd steal because nothing. Spy stunts, jumping out of planes and stuff. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But they could have been jumping out of planes with iPads, though. Like they could have hijacked iPad. They could have driven their cars up to the plane. Like hijack a FedEx plane to go from China to <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's be honest. That, I think that, that was a logical one, progression. That one took place before uh, Tokyo Drift, and in Tokyo Drift, they're using flip phones. So I don't think iPads were quite a thing yet. Again, this this franchise has the most confusing timeline. I think it's almost <laughs> as confusing as the Terminator timeline. To be it quite is, honest with you. It, I think it's funny because there's really well, no reason it has the timeline this confusing. They just didn't want to kill Han. Right. It's a, it's a ret it's a retconned timeline, really. I'm really glad that the, that he's the reason that because the, there's no reason that they brought him no. back that, that they need to do this. But for some reason they just felt obligated to have him back. I love it. It's because like, people I think people really liked Han, so they wanted to have Han in more movies. Yeah. No, that's literally what it was. <clears throat> And you know what? That's fair because Han coming back, like them bringing back Han, I think goes hand in hand with the whole, like we're forming a team now yeah. kind of mindset that really I think is what carried this franchise through and makes it viable now. That That is, you're right. That The, the, the team dynamic is when the franchise, to my mind, comes to life. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why I I feel like there's bright future ahead of it with Fast Nine and Fast Ten, of Nine and Ten I think is what they're called. Uh, nine and Ten. Nine of the Furious and Ten of the Furious I think is what they're going to be called. Makes and uh, and then there's also of course the uh, the Calvin and Hobbes movie, <laughs> which I'm really excited about. <laughs> Cal- Calvin Statham, and and. And uh, and Luke Hobbs, right? No, I, I, I yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I'm I can't wait. Th- those guys, they have such mm, such great banter, mm, such great chemistry on the screen. I love those two. <laughs> I would be excited for Fast and Furious Nine, but for one reason that we will get into later on. Um, who is who's your favorite director in the franchise? In a franchise that is not really known for an autorious voice, uh, what? Who is your favorite director? In this franchise, uh, was like well, the same guy who made like from three to six. It was the same guy, Jason or who Justin was Lin. Justin Lin? Justin Lin, yeah, Justin Lin. Justin Lin. Uh, well, he helmed all of the the transition to the the. He helmed like all the ones that were important to doing that transition into the spy f- films that they became. So. And he's got a lot of good ones under his belt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess by uh, default, him. 
for me, in terms of franchise output, I'm going to say Lynn. In terms of overall career, I'm going to go with either John Singleton or F. Gary Gray. But that's... See, James Wan's a pretty successful fella. Yeah, but I've not seen any of his other films, so I can't really speak to those. He is directing the upcoming... Is it him that's doing the upcoming Aquaman film, or is it... Just, no, Justin Lin did the yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, yeah one's Wan doing the, the Aquaman. Yeah. James Wan's the guy who did uh, Who Invented so- uh, Saul, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I was thinking so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as, as I'm not generally a horror fan, I, I have no connection with his work whatsoever. Yeah, it's fine. They're okay. All right. That's next. That's next franchise. <laughs> uh, who's who's the best villain in the franchise? Villains. Charlize Theron. Because I like her. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I mean, with... that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Sure, Charlize Theron is great. I, I don't disagree. Charlize Theron is great. I, I did not like her villain at all. Well, you're not supposed uh, to like the villain. Well, I be didn't... a good guy. If you like the villain, aren't you the bad guy, Steven? You're a bad guy, aren't you? <laughs> no, uh, Luke, uh, Luke uh, what's his, what his name? Luke Evans. Yeah, Luke Evans. He's actually my favorite one. Yeah. Um, what was it? Deckard? Deckland? Um, Owen. Owen Shaw. Owen, yeah. Uh, I liked Reyes from Fast Five. I liked him a lot, the uh, Brazilian overlord. Um, I thought he was so, pretty cool. I didn't understand. There's some things about Five I didn't get. Why did they just give him the car? Why did they have to do that? What was the point of that? It's a point. That's of like. Just, <laughs> I just who can whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that whole movie could have been avoided if they just like whatever. <laughs> sure. Of all the other cars, that was not even the cool. Anyways, uh, Caleb, do you have a favorite villain in the franchise? Um. Hmm. We all know how you feel about villains. If you don't, check out our villain episode or Wretched Hive of Scum Villainy. You know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I forgot there were villains in this franchise. <laughs> okay. Oh, can I change my? Uh, can, I, can I change my answer? Sure. Uh, uh, Takashi from Tokyo Drift. Okay. He's my favorite. That, that tracks. Um, okay. <laughs> that, that, that's that's consistent. Okay, that's cool. No, it's Sam. Uh, We're talking to Sam. He passed the test. Right, yeah. The, the bot test. <laughs> don't don't freak out, everybody. Sam's still Sam. Um, best performance by a rapper. Uh, let me see who the rappers were. There's only seven somewhere. Uh, uh, Ludacris, Bow Wow, Ja Rule, Tego Calderon. Uh, uh, Tego Calderon and Don Omar were the two guys who spoke Spanish, right? Yes, they yes, were. Yes, both of them. Both of them. Guys. Both of them at the same time. Yeah. I would say I would put them immediately after uh, Ludacris, personally, but yeah. Ludacris is my Ludacris but, is my top. But they are very, right. very, very close second. Yeah. I I don't know what an Iggy Azalea is. I don't either. Honestly, she's in one of these movies. I I don't like. I googled her and I see her face. I don't understand what it is. 
Yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure what she does in the movie that she's in because I well, don't remember. I googled her in Fast and Furious, and I still look at the scene and I'm like, I don't remember this. Is it the one at the party in the high rise? Because that's the only place I can think of that she would be in the movie. No, I, hang on. I, where, let me pull back up. No, I think it's at the uh, the desert race thing in like. Okay, I I don't yeah I don't understand that then, but yeah apparently she's in one of these movies so. Oh no no, no. she's at the uh, uh, the desert race the the racing thing they do in the desert in like the mm-hmm. sixth or seventh one where they're trying to get Michelle Rodriguez's character to remember stuff. She's in that scene. Oh yeah, that's the one where they don't understand how. Uh... Yeah, that was a good one. How uh, how what works? Amnesia. Amnesia. Yeah. Yeah. You just, that's, you also, that's also it. the one. That's also the one where <laughs> gets saved by the power of love, uh, which is great. That one, is, uh, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, Kayla, in Kayla, terms favorite, of favorite performance by rapper, I'm gonna just go with Ludacris because he's the only one that I know that I knew up to this point was a rapper. Okay. Bow wow. But Bow also wow. because, be, but also because. Rule? Oh yeah. Bow Wow. But, but, uh, he but, might not know who Rule is, but Bow Wow, come on. Well, yeah, yeah, Bow Wow. But I forgot about it. I forgot about him. So you know, whatever. But, but Ludacris, you know, he's the most persistent, a rapper who is in this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. yes. And also, and also, you know, he's just, he's in a situation where, <clears throat> if I need my car tuned up. To get you know, several more thousands of horsepower, or I need my globe-spanning, ultra-powerful artificial intelligence uh, surveillance program figured out. He's got my back, no matter you know. Either way, either way, he's got my back, or both. He can do yeah. both. Sure. Oh, and and you know what? And what you know if, what? What if? You know what? what if? I can what accept if, it. What if you I need can to crack accept a it? What if you need to crack a safe? Does he have your back then? He's got my back. Okay, making sure. Well, and the um, thing is, the thing is, I can I can know all these things, and accept them as being true. <laughs> so I'd say that's a pretty good performance. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, best performance by a sports star. Is Tony Jaa a sports star? No, he's an actor. Okay, he uh, was a stuntman before he's an actor. Does that count as a sport? No, stunt. He's a martial. He's a martial artist, so he might be an art star. No, I looked at. He doesn't do martial arts as a sport. Yeah. So like Ronda Rousey, Gina Carano, Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham, those are your athletes. Uh, uh, I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, Johnson is not a sports star. He is uh, a performing artist. Yeah, but it requires a great deal of physicality. Right. But it's not. We, but it's literally not a sport. Yeah, uh, what you, you 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 tell that what to a wrestling you, fan? And right, it's performance you, art. What are you? <laughs> Don't bullshit all me, say, you you assholes. All, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, Caleb, is when I Google sports stars turned actors, his is like the first name on every list. Literally, not a sport. <laughs> uh, tell that to the Google. Tell it to the Google. Now, Jason, Jason, say. He was actually a diver, apparently. But like, like, like a sports diver. Yeah, like, a, like, like an you, actual athlete like an Olympic diver. diver. Like I don't know if he was in the Olympics, but he but, was a diver. Like, sport but you would have gone and see him and stuff, like sports, like on ESPN Britain. 
I don't know. Like, type Jason Statham diver into Google and see what happens. Because let's find out how sports that was, or if that's just a thing he did in high school. Because if it's like a thing he did in high school, school, it doesn't count because everybody does sports in high school of some sort, except for Sam. Well, yeah, I didn't either. Actually, I did and rock Steve. climbing. Actually, oh, I, I guess... think out of both of us, all three of us, I think I was the one who did sports. Yeah, but that I don't think that rock climbing counts as a sport though, because like there's not like scores. Oh, it's not like goals and scores. Jason like, Statham competed in diving at the 1990 Commonwealth Games. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. That counts. Yeah, but like, how big of a deal are Commonwealth Games, though? Hey, it's a thing. I'm going to put a link to this on the show notes for this for this episode. Wow, he looks really weird in this. He, he's oh, got like, hair, you know, which is the most off-putting part of it. What it is. You know, it's I competed hair. in the Indiana State Soccer Tournament for Christian School Leagues. You know, so I guess I'm a sports star turned movie star because i was also in i've been in a few films <laughs> no this is like re- this is like stuff that the olympics olympic divers compete this is in like, like qualifying events kind of things but yeah. okay so, so professional sports yes he was a professional, professional diving that's yeah. that's yeah. yeah so okay we'll give him that so jason well, i like statham. jason statham so yeah i mean I, mean, I didn't you know that was. You remember option. him more than than Gina Carano or Ronda Rousey, who are your uh, MMA fighters. I remember Ronda Rousey. I try to forget Ronda Rousey. Yeah, but I remember a, Ronda Rousey. That was legitimately bad. <laughs> yeah, because it's it would Ronda go Rousey. for me. It would go Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham, Gina Carano, and then way way down the list, Ronda Rousey. Because oh my <laughs> gosh, she was bad. Yeah. Um. Next question. Um. Best supporting player in the franchise. Define supporting player. Not one of the main characters. Let's say there's three to four main characters in the franchise. <laughs> let's say let's say the four in Fast Four are your main characters in the franchise. Who's your favorite supporting player? So is Dwayne Johnson a supporting character? Um, I think he's made the, the transition to main. Oh wait, by a minute. this point, yeah, I have no this is the answer. I have an answer. He took over from Paul Walker. Why is there even a question? It's Kurt Russell. Yeah, it's Kurt Russell. <laughs> it is. Yep, you're right. Did you have an answer that realized you were wrong about the answer, Stephen? I I just I I don't I just I know that you guys just love your Kurt Russell, and there's no no talking to you guys like hey, you made up your mind about it. He's anything, not so. he's not our Kurt Russell. He's everyone's Kurt Russell. Is, well. But specifically, your Kurt Russell. Well, who do you think, Steve? Because this isn't really trying to change each other's minds. No, I just I love I love Han and I love both in equal measure and both for. Uh, I do love Han. Han's great. If it's not Kurt Russell, it's Han. But also, I also, like, I also really like Roman because Roman's funny and I love the funny guy. See, he loves me some comic noisy. relief. He See, I don't like Roman at all. Oh, I think Roman's my least favorite recurring character. Oh, Roman's great. Oh, I love yeah, Roman. He's my least favorite recurring you know, character. You know why? Do you know why? Do you know why I love Roman? Do you know why? No, I don't. Because he's hungry. You can relate to that? I can. I'm always hungry. Are you kidding me? No. Um, so he's, speaking he's, of hungry, who spends more time eating in this franchise, Han or Roman? I think, uh, Han. I, I'm going to say, I think Roman eats more food by volume, but Han is constantly eating. Well, Han, okay, so the thing is, Han... Screen time per eating definitely wins this one. Per because, capita? Because, yeah, per capita in screen time minutes, Han is eating 
like almost all of them. <laughs> Whereas See, yeah. no, Roman's eating a lot of the time. Right. See, Roman but not every says, Roman says things like, I'm hungry. Han never says that because Han is always eating. <laughs> right. Han doesn't have Han time. Han is the rusty Ryan of this franchise. Han doesn't have an opportunity to say that he's hungry because he's already taking care of that. <laughs> or is in the process of taking care of that as we speak. Well, actually, I would argue that, that based on what we see of his diet, he may not ever be hungry. He may always be exactly sated, you know? He's eating. They both are eating an alarming amount in this franchise. I'm just saying. Like, that's something I noticed, is that so, these two guys are always eating. Spin-off? Spin-off movie idea? Spin-off movie idea? Huh? These two? Han and, Han and Roman travel the world looking for the best eats? I, yeah. I, would watch, I would watch the heck out of that. I would watch that so hard. I, I, I would make it well. If not, a, if not I would, a I would movie. like that better than Calvin and Hobbes, to be quite honest. If not a spinoff movie, a Travel Channel series. Yes, at the very least, a Travel Channel series. <laughs> but somehow, still include cars. Right. Oh, because of course. Well, sure. How are they going to get to all these places? Fly? Right. No. Fly cars? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're, we're coming up on the major questions. Uh, franchise MVP, who's your who's your high point, your franchise MVP, most valuable player for the Fast and Furious franchise? Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Because, I mean, come on, he picks up a Gatling gun off of a drone. Well, first of all, he drives the ambulance into a drone, <laughs> then takes the gun off of it, and then fights a helicopter. Like, no human can do that except for Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I'm I sorry, think you just called Dwayne Johnson a because I don't think you understand what he are. The man is supernatural. I think that uh, I think I agree. Uh, actually, I know I agree. I mean, there's no question about it. Dwayne Johnson was the perfect thing to put into these films after four. It re- he really him being in these films is part of what made the transition in style of, of what they are possible and what makes it work. He's, he's necessary. I'm going to say even more necessary than Dwayne, the rock Johnson is Vinny D Vin Diesel himself, because I would argue that without, at this point, without Vin Diesel, the franchise becomes something else completely like his character as much as it bothers me that it's become what it is, and I've already established that and talked about that, but that character is central to what this franchise is. It's a, it's central to the morals and the mores of the franchise. It's central to um, what it's become. If, if he were to suddenly decide not to do these movies anymore, they would probably still make money because of The Rock, but... I, I doubt they would continue to persist in being what they are. But, well, Dom, Dom is the anyor point for all of the th- for all the thematic for the, all the thematic elements of the movies. Yeah, I got something to say about this. Okay, is at one point he decided to stop doing these, and he completely stopped doing these for like two full movies. Vin Diesel, he's not in the second, and he's only like a, a cameo in the third one. Right, and. Those are arguably, some people would say those are two of the worst in the franchise. Well, those people are wrong because the third one's like one of the best ones. 
But it has the worst main character. I don't disagree with you there. Of all time. I do not disagree with you there. The worst main character of all time. And, I, and not just this franchise, but any movie ever conceived. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm saying here. I agree with that. So I yeah. have more to say on that particular character later. Um, when we get to the question right after the next question. My God. <laughs> Um, what were I'm, they thinking? Am I right, guys? <laughs> but no, I, I I would argue, Sam, that the franchise suffered in some capacity because of that. Um, but they were more successful. They made more money than the first one. Yeah, and then after he came back, they started making even more. Yeah, Once right, they got just... the original team back together and, and started down that path, it got even more lucrative and even more popular. But I'm so, just saying. I'm just Thank saying. You. That's why Vinny D gets my vote as franchise MVP. I'm thinking, I'm saying that I think that Steven's right about this, which I know is a shocker. I don't think we've I'm ever saying. agreed on anything. But I That's think there's true. one other time we agreed the first on something. Podcast, like the first podcast we did, you guys torn to me because of my dislike for There Will Be Blood. That's true. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I'm here's what I'm thinking. Steven, like, like Steven said earlier, <clears throat> The series, well, we all agreed on this. The series has leaned harder and harder into this um, family, this theme of of family being the most important thing. And that is absolutely what Dom's character is like. That's all anchored in Dom's character. He's the anchor for that, like, thematic element. And that's, like, what these movies are entirely about now. So without Dom, you lose the foundation for for the the major the the biggest theme in these movies so i would i definitely agree with where you're coming from on this no i I think think the rock adds a cool factor that the franchise had not seen prior to five i I I will give you that but i still think that overall vindy's more valuable in the franchise i think the rock lends a style or flair if you will to how the movies are made now He's a much better actor than most of that cast. Yeah, and and I think that, that his presence in there and, and the way that they write the dialogue in these movies now because of, you know, partly as a, maybe not as a result, but in at least, you know, concurrently with them pulling the rock in there and the way he, he and he, the way he behaves and delivers his lines and the things he says. And stuff, I feel like that he him being there adds a flair to these films that they didn't have before. I agree. And I think that's really important because stylistically, I really enjoy the current films. They're just fun. They're really fun uh, to watch unfold. And I think a lot of that has to do with the energy that, that the rock brings to these movies. Okay. But thematically, and I, and I, 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 I agree with you that, that, that Dom is definitely the anchor of the, of the films. And, and in, in that respect, probably, Especially now more than ever, that's true. That right. he would be Did you a strong so contender. Say that Vin Diesel is like one of the better actors out of the No, no, no. I said Dwayne Johnson is one of the better actors. Oh, America. okay. Why did I mishear that it's Vin Diesel? Probably I don't know. Because I would not have said that about Vin Diesel. Okay, so I started like Ouch. making a list of who was good and who was bad. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, I gotta start doing some. I, I saw the look on your face and I'm like, how is Sam gonna fight me on this? Like, <laughs> seriously, how is he gonna fight me on this? I was only half paying attention. Fair enough. That that seems more that seems more <laughs> accurate in terms of the overall 
just what we know about Sam from this podcast. Um, who's uh, who's your franchise MVF, which is to say your most valuable female? We've not really talked much about the women in this franchise. Who's your most valuable lady in the franchise? Um, why can't the MVP be a female? Uh, because because we all named our MVPs centric. and none of them were. I mean, they're not because they're not. But why can't they run in the same class? I'm just saying we haven't talked MVP. about. I've... And why did you, Stephen, make the assumption that our all of our MVP picks would not be a female? Hmm? Okay, two reasons. Hmm. Two hmm. things. Seeing some some of Stephen's own biases coming through here on the dock. Caleb, shut up <laughs> and let me talk. First thing. All right. First of all, if you notice in the show notes that I've typed out for you guys, it says franchise MVF and in parentheses, if applicable, which means I was giving you guys the benefit of the doubt. But secondly, I've been doing this podcast with you guys for over a year now, and I've known you for even longer. Um, I I had just had a hunch that neither of you guys were going to select women as your MVP. It's only Uh, because these are very male centric movies. So, so Caleb is trying to, to shame me, and it doesn't work because he is wrong. Well, it doesn't help that these movies have shitty female actresses. Uh, Emrod is not good, and Jordana Brewster is okay at best. Just, I don't know yeah. what those words mean. What are those words? Those are, those are actors that are in the movie. Yeah, Elsa oh. Pataki is pretty good as an actress. I really like her, and Gal Gadot is just wonderful. Um, I forget she's, she's in it. Child. I liked her in this a lot, actually. Yeah, I would say oh, she's yeah. my favorite female character. I forget she's in this. I like her. She's my favorite yeah. one. She's great. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's fair. We like Gal Gadot. Don't like one. Uh, her name's Gal Gadot, but hey, you know what? It's, it's like, I think she pronounces it Gadot. So. Gadot. Well, Gadot. whatever. I think well, she's I not know. French. She's. She's Israeli, which may be where your confusion is setting in. But yeah. Well, I, I'm not French, so. Right. Or Gad- Israeli. Gadot would be a French pronunciation. Oh, well, that's how, I've, that's how I've heard it from every other human being, but possibly none of them know what they're talking about. I mean, that's a very strong possibility. <laughs> I mean, that, that's entirely possible. Uh, I, I figure she's the one that's going to know how to pronounce her last name best. Well, I would, I mean, one would, would hope. <laughs> <laughs> One would. Uh, and finally, here's a question I've been looking forward to all night. Franchise LVP. Least valuable player. Well, I mean, the Roman. obvious answer is... Roman. Yeah, yeah, well, okay. That's actually that's actually fair because I don't like him and he's in a lot of these movies. <laughs> now, as far as characters I hate the most and actors I hate the most... I mean, that's that's Lucas Black. Lucas Black. Tokyo Drift. Lucas Black is the worst. He's the, the worst, worst of all ever. He's the worst singular character, but he's only a problem in the one movie that he's meaningfully in. He's in another one, and he's not good in it. Here's I the said thing about Lucas meaningfully Black. in. <laughs> Here's the thing about Lucas Black, and I've been sitting on this, even though Sam and I were discussing this earlier. Lucas Black is from Alabama. Like, that is where the actor himself is physically from. Are you serious? Yes. I looked so, it up. That doesn't make sense. Exactly. He because he has incons- the least convincing Alabama accent ever committed to film. And, and it was he's incons- from the state. And it was inconsistent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just like sometimes he was from Alabama, sometimes he wasn't. Right. 
And sometimes he was like, like stereotypically from Alabama, like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm from the South, but <clears throat> the worst, the worst. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he, he was he was even more of a charisma suck than Scott Eastwood was. I mean, Scott Eastwood rivals, but nothing can quite suck the charisma quite like Lucas Black. And he's going to be in nine. He's bad. He's very, 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 very bad. Yeah, maybe, but maybe how much of a role is he going to have in nine? Maybe they'll kill him. I don't, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Because he is my franchise LVP. He is the reason I did not enjoy Tokyo Drift to the extent that you guys did. Because I couldn't get past how terrible he was. Well, you know. And I know you mind, guys love Tokyo Drift. I It barely makes my top five. I got to be honest with you. In my mind, Tokyo Drift didn't have a, a like a lead like man, like protagonist. Because he's such a charisma suck. He 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 wasn't in the movie, as far as I am concerned. Like that that him was he he was not actually part of it. Like the rest of the movie. I would love to happened. be able to suspend your to suspend my disbelief to the extent that you are, because that is some amazing work you're doing. The movie happened around him to a degree, but he wasn't actually in there, as far as I can tell. Because I there's no discernible. He There's no discernible screen, character there. <laughs> and he was doing stuff. I'm not saying least valuable character. I'm saying least valuable player. No, I understand that. that. But I'm just saying, like, there was no discernible character there. So my brain doesn't register it as have, as him having been in the movie. And also, I mean. <laughs> Again, I am I I wish I had your suspension of disbelief because I just can't do that. Well, it's not about suspension of disbelief. It's like no, li it's I literally don't process it. I literally don't process it. It's it's not. <laughs> I'm that's not suspending in, anything. involuntary suspension of disbelief. <laughs> I'm not suspending anything. Like, it's just not even there. No, you are. You're suspending your belief that he's in the movie. That's that's like meta suspension of disbelief. Okay, well, maybe. <laughs> no, maybe. I'm right. And also, he are they he he's not in high school. I don't believe he's in high school in this movie. No, none of them are. None of them are. Like this is like one of the worst cases of getting a bunch of thirty year olds to be high schoolers. And the worst the worst part is that when they go back there for Furious Seven, he's Still supposed to be a high school or high schooler, despite the fact that ten years have passed between when those movies were filmed. Old high schooler. <laughs> He's like a forty-year-old high schooler, and I'm like, no, a forty-year-old high schooler with an unconvincing Alabama accent. Those those two minutes that passed between <laughs> between Tokyo Drift and when he was talking to Dom shortly thereafter really took a toll on him. <laughs> That must have been one heck of a street race. No, nah, yeah. he was so, so heartbroken by Han's death. <clears throat> the age of 20 years. Yep, it happens. All right, gentlemen. It's the moment of truth. The moment where you guys are going to disown me as your friend. Uh, if you were forced to do so, how would you rank the individual entries in the Fast and Furious franchise? Eight, five, three, six, and seven are the same level. One, two, and four. Okay, it, eight is where you start the list, like high end to low. Yeah. Is that high to low or low to high? Eight's my favorite, followed by five, followed by three. Six and seven are one movie to me. One, and then two and four. I can't even, I don't like two and four at all. Okay. Caleb? Okay, um, let me preface this by saying that I like what Fast and the Furious is now more than I like what it was in the beginning. So, sure. so... With that being said, my favorite is a, a tie, a, like it, like a dead heat tie, 
between five and eight. I loved them both. Followed by... I'm going to say six, then seven, or seven, then six, because they're pretty much a two... It's pretty much a two-part story. Uh, And then... Then three. But when I say that, when I say three, understand that three is like the last one in the old Fast and Furious movies, you know? It's kind of weird. It's not really, it doesn't really fit in either category, to be honest. It's kind of its own thing. So three is back there. And then probably the first one for nostalgia. And then, no, the fourth one, then the first one, then the second one. Wait, you like the fourth one's better than the first one? I was going to say, didn't you agree that the fourth one was the low point of the franchise? No, I don't think I agreed with that. I think I understood where you were coming from with the cars and the CG and stuff, but I think I distinctly said that was the turning point where it became a spy movie. I mean, I said that too, but I also said, and I I think, said it was the worst. And I, but also and I, think, I, really, and I think I really liked the part where Paul Walker was a cop. Yeah, For he real? didn't explicitly say he didn't like it. I didn't agree with you guys on that. I just conceded that, like, that's a fair point to have, you know. And I didn't argue with it. Okay. And I understand I, where you're that's coming. That's out of character from. for you, but okay. I understand where you're coming from, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue argue on it. But I, I appreciate it for what it did as a transitionary film for the new concept of what Fast and the Furious was gonna be. And, I, and and so that that puts it up there. But I, I would probably say two is probably my least favorite, just because it feels like a we, it feels like a weird. It feels like one only not as like well thought out and good. It feels like a, a a discount off brand one, Fast and Furious one, as if like they couldn't like it's like. It's like whenever they make a movie and it's great, and then they make a sequel, but they can't get all the cast back together, so they make like an off-brand. Which is literally of what happened for the second one. <laughs> so there's... it's like that. And that's kind of where we lost the audio. So sorry about that. Um, I think I was just about ready to give my rankings of the Fast and Furious franchise, which I do have assembled. I'll actually put a link to this on the website. That's uh, thirdsrule.wordpress.com so you can see all of our lists. Uh, mine's also on Letterboxd as well. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll start at the bottom and work my way to the top because I think that's how most ranked lists should go. Um, in very last place, I also included the, the short films which were the worst part of the Fast and Furious franchise. So the in last place at number 10 is the turbocharged Too Fast, Too Furious prelude. Um, no need for that to exist. Um, in ninth place is Los Bandoleros, the Vin, the Vin Diesel-directed uh, prelude to uh, Fast and Furious, which incidentally takes the number eight spot as the worst full entry of the franchise in my mind. Um, next to that is the most recent entry, uh, The Fate of the Furious. Um, before And then right before that one, uh, at sixth place, is... Uh, the Fast and the Furious, the inaugural entry there. Um, actually, those two kind of tied, but 
I put the Fast and the Furious gave it just the slight edge because it is a point break ripoff and there's something to be said for that. Uh, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift um, is in fifth place. Uh, and I ranked that exactly the same as the next uh, entry up, which is Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, I gave that one the slight edge because uh, Shane Black's acting is, is just atrocious. Uh, I believe I mentioned that in the actual recording itself. It's just bad. Uh, before that one, then, uh, uh, number three, I've got uh, Furious 7, um, which is a, a really fairly solid entry. Uh, before that, in number two spot, I've got Fast and Furious 6. Uh, and then finally, in the number one spot, my favorite entry in the franchise is Fast Five, um, which is just, it's got everything that I want in an action film and a little bit more. So um, those are, are my picks. You, again, you can see all of those on the website uh, if you just kind of want to get a look at where we all stand with regard to the rankings of these films. And I guess that means the time has come for us to dramatically drive into the sunset. Hey, if you got something to say or... You want to tell us how we've gotten it all wrong? Uh, feel free to send us an email, ruleofthirdspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll read and respond to your comments on our next episode whenever that comes out. <laughs> you can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter at, at @thirdsrule. Uh, and while you're online, go ahead and swing over to Apple, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. We're on all sorts of platforms now. Give us a five-star review, and uh, you will receive official friend of the show status like uh, Amorphous Blob of Khaki, excuse me. And uh, you can help us uh, reach more listeners not unlike yourselves. Uh, You can also take a look at our show archives at thirdsrule.wordpress.com. This has been episode 205 of the Rule of Thirds podcast entitled Faster Furious, Kill, Kill! Uh, Join us next month if we feel like it. Honestly, whenever we feel like it. Uh, For another episode to remind you of the days when the threat of the Russian interference was entirely external. Until then, for Samuel Dumas and Caleb Dunkerson, I'm Stephen Foxworthy, reminding you that it's been a long day without you, my friends. But I'll tell you all about it when thirds roll. Vision hubs, right? That's right. I'm also the last man on Earth whose computer you want to be hacking into. You just earned yourself a dance with the devil boy. You're under arrest.